Hey everyone, God bless you and welcome to part two of our April series, which is all centered around Bible study and fasting. And tonight, well tonight we're going to be talking about fasting. Last week we spoke about Bible study, but we want to get so Honestly, I, I really want tonight for all the viewers to truly understand what fasting is. Maybe you've heard it in different contexts. Maybe you've heard it um, from your church and they're always saying it, that one of the man in the church who's always fasting every Thursday, right? You're like, wow, this woman fasts every single day. I want you personally to know why you have to fast. Why is fasting even part of my walk with Christ? And why is it even necessary? Why do I have to abstain from food just to pretty much satisfy God. A lot of mentalities, a lot of mindsets, a lot of uh, arguments or excuses, but today we want to debunk all of that and introduce to you a fast that's centered around a relationship with Jesus Christ. For all those watching on our podcast, um, welcome back to Hope Ministries. We hope that you have your pens and Bibles and notepads ready to go and to take notes. And if you have any questions, again, you can hop on the website and from there you can receive uh, of what's going on and you can send me some feedback and we can help you uh, with any kind of questions you have. So right into it, Nicole, if you could just go to the first slide for a favor. So guys, fasting is a weapon that is rarely utilized, but often the one and only true necessary response to what we are going through. How many of you understand that there'll be moments in your life that you're doing everything right, you're reading your Bible, you're talking to your mentors, you're trying to get better in fellowship, but something is just not changing. There's no breakthrough. And those things happen on purpose because God doesn't only want you to develop a pattern God wants you to develop the habit of running to him with everything that you have in any kind of situation and or crisis. When we fast and we truly fast, it is a weapon that is a celestial weapon. You guys heard that we don't have weapons of earth, right? We have heavenly weapons. This is a heavenly weapon that literally stirs a realm that you can't see with your eyes. And it's moving things in your favor. And it's also, you are almost submitting yourself, you're giving yourself to something big, something that's going to maybe even change the way you're thinking in a situation. The way I put it is this, maybe for your whole life, you thought about something in a certain way because of what you inherited from your family. This could break that. This could break a generational hand-me-down that you never wanted. And it can help you say, wow, God, I see this differently. Next slide, please. <clears throat> However, unfortunately, its absence in churches and in believers has been very, very noticeable. As I skim through my Instagram every single day and check other posts of churches and what people are doing, I notice that a lot of us are kind of gravitating to the entertainment aspect of what church should be. And sometimes we're getting to the point where Everyone kind of wants to be the church that just reaches new believers, but we don't want to dive deeper. So what happens is a new believer comes and they love the excitement, but understand something. Everything that's new eventually will be old. Laura and I are in Acura a year ago. Now going in June, it's going to be a year old. 
Kyra and Luca will come to Earth and they'll be brand new babies. But in two years, they'll be two years old. My nephew turns two in May along with my other nephew in June. They're going to be two years old. So at what point do you just say, let's take this surface level understanding of God and dive deeper so you guys can know what's happening? Fasting isn't something that should be optional, rather essential in our walk of faith. How many, real quick, you don't have to raise your hand, but you can answer in your head, your mind, maybe your body language, your face. How often, what was the last time someone told you or asked you, when did you fast? Like, be real with me. Outside of any church obligation, if anyone dares to answer this question, when was the last time you fasted? Without anything happening. I'm talking about, okay, no, uh, your finances are fine. Your, your family's okay, for the most part. Everything's working. And you decide to fast. How crazy is that? But then everything's going south. And your pastor's like, Nico, you gotta fast. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta fast. He's right. He's absolutely right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when was it last time that it came out of you? One thing that, that happened to me actually a while ago, a couple of my friends and I, they challenged me to do the Esther fast. No, te recuerda eso? Conocimos el ayuno de Esther. So, my, well, my little was a part of it, and I mean, Esther fast basically is three days just water. Somehow, that's one of the hardest fasts I've ever done. I do want to do a 40-day fast, but that's later on. So, when I did that fast, there was nothing wrong going on in my life. As a matter of fact, I was experiencing God in a unique way. But I wasn't going to settle for that. Sometimes we get caught in trying to reach a result, like almost like, fill it up. And once we get to a point where like, wow, God, I finally am happy with you. So I'm going to stay here. God never truly desires that. Because when you think you can fill the cup and have it filled and stay there and it is okay, that's where comfort builds up. God wants to just move at all times. So what fasting does is say, you know, what? I'm going to break my comfort. I'm going to break my routine. I'm going to break my schedule. I'm going to shatter that because you know what? That worked last season, but it can't work this season. It's not optional to fast. It is essential. It's like breathing. You can't, like I said, I made the example, you can't walk in here and say, I'm going to learn from Kenny but not breathe. You can't do that. You have to breathe as well. The next slide, please. For those of us who do fast, we need to make sure we're fasting according to a relationship and not out of religious duty. This is the same thing as Bible study I spoke about last week. I am not telling you that if you don't Bible study, I'm going to hate you. If you don't Bible, if you don't fast, you're going to get kicked out of the church. I'm not saying that. I want you to start fasting based off the discernment of what's happening in the spiritual realm. I can probably say right now, everyone in this room has had a situation either this year, which has only been now, what, four months, right? Am I right? Five months? Four months. You've had a situation that you couldn't find an answer to. No matter how hard you tried, no matter how deep you did your research and analytics, you couldn't find an answer to it. How amazing is that? But I tell you this, and we're going to get into this in the Bible, but there are situations that were made in heaven, guys, and please receive this if you're listening on podcasts, watching on Facebook, or you're here tonight. There are situations that are designed strategically for you that God already said there's no answer to in your realm. Think about that. 
And you're sitting here like, well, I don't know what God's doing. I don't get it. Like, God asked me, no, 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 no. I created this scenario strategically with no answer that you can find on earth. So then what does that mean? Oh, man. But then he says, ah, but I did seat you in heavenly places next to me, right? So you do have an answer. Oh, but I didn't know that. Boom. Identity sometimes can crush your passion too fast. If you don't know who you are, why would you fast to an invisible being? So getting to know God and understanding God is going to lead you away from religious fasting, which is like, I'm just giving and observing. Here you go, God, I'm out. To, Lord, I'm going to stop every single craving I have to hear your voice. Let's get into the next slide. So what exactly does that look like? Well, here's some myths and truths about fasting like we did last week. So let's get ready and see what category you fall in in this one. Myth numero uno is fasting is only for leaders, pastors, and all clergy. What is clergy? Anyone who has a religious duty within the ministry or church. Fasting is based on titles. A lot of people think that if the pastor is preaching every single Sunday, he better be fasting every other Monday. Everyone thinks that if, if look, I see Shermaina and Brian in the back doing sound and slides, that requires some fasting. Now let's talk about the truth behind that. Truth. Fasting is necessary for the entire body of Christ. No matter what your function is, Forget about what your title is in the church. You're called to maintain your connection with the Holy Spirit. You cannot walk into heaven one day and say, have receipts. And be like, look, my apostle fasted 6,000 times on earth, God. And I served underneath him. I get to reap of that, right? No. Doesn't work that way. You cannot have that. You need to understand that you are an essential part of the body. Whether you're the pinky, the elbow, the arm, whatever it is. God is telling you, if you don't have a relationship with him, if you don't have that connection with him, if there's nothing happening right there, you need to focus on that. And sometimes the only way to regain your position of a relationship with God is to literally fast. I don't have an answer, God. I don't know where to go with this. Let's fast. Let's get into the Bible. Here in Romans. Oh, wait, hold up. What happened to... Well, they moved this. Where's the mic at? Okay, good. Um, let's, we're going to read right now. We're listening on the podcast and watching on Facebook. Romans 8, 12 through 14 uh, in the Amplified Version. If you want to go ahead, May, and do the honors. So then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh, our human nature, our worldliness, our sinful capacity, to live according to the impulses of the flesh, our nature without the Holy Spirit. For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. You will really live forever. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Understand that word allowing. You ever, you ever allow someone to do something? Like genuinely, not like, like forced, not reluctantly. Not, not, that, that's against your will. I'm talking about like you have permission. Do you know what fasting does and says? Father, 
Not just that I'm saying this with my mouth, but I'm, I'm giving you permission to do what you got to do. And genuinely, or generally, when you do give permission to somebody, you are aware not so much of the consequences, but what the outcome carries with it. So you're not gonna, Rafi's not going to be like, all right, Nico, I give you permission to punch me in the face. And then when he punches him in the face, he's like, Nico, why did you do such a thing? He gave him permission for that. So when you come to God, you have to realize you are a fleshly creature, but he's bringing spiritual. You get that. So it might not make sense to you when it's coming to you because you're like, oh, this is a lot. What's, what's condemn? I mean, conviction, I got to forgive. Like, Whoa, this is too much. But that's what fasting, fasting turns down the volume of what you want to do. And it increases what he's asking you from you or desiring you to do with you. Go back to the, the, the verse before. It says, for if you're living according to the impulse of the flesh, you are going to die. You can only reap two things, either eternal life or death. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds. You know what that is? When, you are con when you're in a fast mode, you are finally seeing your habits like, as clear as day. You're finally understanding like, wow, unhealthy, that's toxic, that's not okay. But when you're always in your flesh, how could you possibly notice that? How could you possibly see the things that God wants you to work on and operate in and you're constantly filling yourself with yourself? So he's saying to you, I want you to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit means that you can't have control. He needs to have the power. You are saying to God, Holy Spirit, do as you please. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to lower myself and you fill the gaps. Do what you have to do. Go to, yeah, we can go to the next slide. Second myth I want to talk about. Fasting is simply not eating food for an extended period of time, which you could probably find in a dictionary. We do it for God because he loves us. Now, this kind of sounds like, well, Ken, that's kind of like, kind of abrasive, kind of like, you know, like, I do love God and I do it for him, right? Let's talk about the truth. Truth, fasting is abstaining from anything, including food, in order to connect with God, to connect with God without hindrance. So if you have all, if you have fasted your whole life strategically and strictly from food, you have not been revealed what a fast truly is. Because let me ask you something, guys. You can fast and you can lose all that weight, but why are you still watching porn? Why are you still addicted to video games? Why are you still addicted to worldly music? Why are you still addicted to everything else? You're fasting and not eating, but you're buying everything on Amazon. You're fasting and not eating and you're walking around like, yeah, I lost weight, but you cannot put the computer or laptop away. So what is your fast for? Is your fast designed to make you feel less condemned? Because the moment you get out of your fast, won't the condemnation come back? It's temporary. Food is an energy source just like the Word of God. Understand this. When you say to food, I don't want to eat you, what you're saying is I want to eat spiritually. So it is good to say no to food. Because when your body becomes weak, what does the Word say? His power is made perfect in you. So you have to tell your body I'm not giving you what you want. No, I know you want Hawaiian punch. No, I know you want iced tea. I know you want ice cream. I know you want chocolates. I know you want everything. 
but I'm not going to give it to you because I want to make this connection with my God a real one. We abstain and connect because we know without him we are nothing. Do you understand the difference between that and the last line of the other one? Not because you love him, but because you know without him you're nothing. You're not fasting out of your infatuation with how great God is. You're fasting because you know that in the moment you walk out of his will or what he's doing, you're nothing. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Honey, if you can read that for us, please. We're reading Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 in the Amplified Virgin. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and sin, which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Mm. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Hmm. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, hmm. who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Hmm. Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Amen. If you go back to the, the second slide. I'm sorry. So, yeah, so let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that has been set before us. What does that mean? Paul, what he gets revealed here is something very mighty. He says there's, there's something set, but well, I guess the, the author of Hebrews is in question, but there's a, there's a race set before us. So what does that mean? When you run a race and you're on a track, generally what happens is they give you the track layout. So the racer, the person, they know how, what, what they have to do. Now, how they do it is a different story. But for the most part, they know what the track is asking of them. You have to run with endurance and active persistence. So let me tell you something. When you're running this race and you're not fasting, you have inactive persistence. Which means you're, you're actually telling God, like, Lord, I can handle it. I know the racetrack. I know how to race, endurance. This gives you the power to say, Lord, I'm deactivating my flesh and I'm activating you. Next slide, the next verse. Then it says in the following verse, Looking away from all that will distract us. That's what fasting is. You're literally looking away from the things that want to distract you. How can you possibly be fasting to God and before God, but staring at your distraction? Like those conversations I told you guys about? When you're talking to someone, right, Kobe, looking at you, and they're kind of like, yeah, huh, yeah, yeah, and they're looking away from you. Like, so clearly we're not connected here, right? You're worried about whatever Nicole's doing when I'm trying to talk about you to something, you know? So it's like, that's the same way. God wants your gaze locked in on him. And things will happen. You hear a loud noise, a symbol, the devil will make things happen. He'll, he'll throw your mom into the hospital. He'll, he'll, he'll bother your friends. He'll make your finances kind of, but you have to stay locked in. Like I said in the beginning of the year, everyone was flipping out in January. Oh my God, Biden this and Trump this and that, 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 blah, blah. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond. You're fasting. Stay in your fast. That was your decision. Your decision wasn't to react. Your decision was to not react and fast. 
There are people waiting to hear heaven's story, heaven's perspective. They're tired of hearing this perspective. They're tired of hearing the same garbage over and over again. But if we believers aren't diving into those secrets, who's going to bring them? Oh, God will do He'll send angels. You are the messengers. The angels are helping us do this. The second verse I want to get into is found in Proverbs 2, 2 in the Passion Translation. I'll read this because it's very short. And it says, so train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment, then pass it on to your sons and daughters. This verse goes so many different ways. It goes to family. It can be Carol Luca. It could be disciples. It could be your little cousin. It could be all these sorts of people. But what's more important is the beginning. Guys, how do you train your heart? How do you open up your spirit? Someone one time prayed for me, and they were like, before I pray, do you open up your heart? I was just like, well, like, like, like Superman, like, how, how do I open up my heart? I don't understand what that means. Like, can you explain to me, like, do I, is there a science, do I have a scalpel, do I have it wide open? Do I just, like, really hard and believe it? Like, well, how do I open my heart? When you fast and you give everything, What's going to happen in, the, in your first time ever fasting, everyone goes to the same thing. So if you're first time fasting, you haven't fasted in a while, here's the truth about that. You're going to get hungry. Okay? So it's going to happen. I remember one time someone told me, Ken, I tried fasting, but I got hungry. I'm like, oh, no, you're demonized, bro. Get out of here. Get out of my church. No. It's natural. You're going to get hungry because you've never done it before. You ever seen somebody jump on a basketball court and never shoot a ball before? It's the funniest thing ever. Like, <laughs> it's like the ugliest jump shot in the world, Rafi. But then when you watch somebody like Ray Allen shoot a three-pointer, my man's been like Steph Curry's threes, that's poetry in motion. Yeah, but he was born that way. No, he wasn't. He's practicing it. He learned how to train his heart and train his spirit by actively practicing to do the opposite. So the way you train your heart and your spirit is saying no to your flesh. And even your mind, you can even put your mind, because your mind runs like an airport that just lets everything land. If our minds was a real airport, there'd be crashes every single five seconds. That tower would be like, we're going to cut you off today. We're going to end this. No more flights today. We're delaying everything. Open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. God is not saying you don't have discernment. He's always looking for you to expand upon that. Open up more. Yeah, but God, I already know. No, you don't. If you knew, you had the answer, right? Go more. Go more. Go more. Go look for more. Seek and you'll find, right? He See, his word connects. It's not a matter of like, well, I'm not qualified. No, you listen to the word and the word will respond. Next slide, please. <clears throat> Next myth, number three, I believe, is when I'm done fasting, God appreciates my sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus and desires me to have my fill of what I choose. I can eat whatever I please because I have ran the race, and now I can have bandeja paisa. I can have now the most luscious of meats and everything I want because God helped me get through this. Man, you, had, you should have seen my face when I read uh, somebody pretty prominent when it comes to as far as uh, spiritual eating say, I eat McDonald's when I'm done fasting. Why would you post that? Keep that to yourself, brother. No one needs to know you do that. Because what's going to happen? 
hermana, whatever. So Filomena is going to fast and then get six Big Macs and be like, well, they told me to do this. Don't be a stumbling block. Come on, stop that nonsense. What is the truth behind this? Fasting can actually help you spiritually and physically. It can help you break that sugar or carb addiction. Sometimes you got to fast and say, you know what, man, I got to give this up. I have not eaten a cookie since the beginning of this year. And some people are like, whoa, whoa, congratulations, bro. Yeah. Guys, I eat cookies like crazy. If Cookie Monster wasn't a thing on Sesame Street, I would be the closest version to that. I love eating cookies. I had Oreos, chocolate chip, you name it. But I knew that if I don't stop doing this, maybe my children would inherit this garbage. So I thought about it, I'm like, forget about my, what about my health? What am I doing to myself? And then when you really water it down and you start like not eating it, which I'm fine now not eating it, you're not eating pure sugar. What are you missing out on? Right? You're not eating pure sugar anymore, which is a good thing for your body. But the fact that you are missing it and you felt that kind of like that relapse, like that's telling you like, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. It actually helps you kill the sin of gluttony. No one knows that's a sin, right? No one talks about it. You never heard that in churches. My stomach hurts. I think the devil's trying to get me. My man, stop eating cheeseburgers, bro. Oh, I got a headache. Because you have a sugar rush. You just had a Hawaiian punch, a Sunny Delight, and you had all these, these, these cookies and cakes. You have a sugar rush. You're, you're having a sugar crash. No, it has to be deep. It has to be deeper. My mom had. No, it's not. The issue is very clear. Are you willing in that, in that position to say, you know what? Sugar does need to go. So not everything is like World War III spiritual realm stuff, guys. I know it's happening to you, so we're kind of melodramatic, and we want everything to sound bigger than what it is. But God's sitting in heaven like, look at this dude right now, bro. Like, I see what you're doing. I see what's happening. Let me just tell you the reality of it. So what's cool about fasting is fasting will even break it down to you when you're in that drama queen mode, and then he, God will be like, are you done yet? So we're fasting. Okay, now that you can hear me, let me tell you what it is. Oh, yeah. oh, it was God. Oh, my. I thought it was like my, my grandma's grandma's grandma. Well, she did witchcraft. And it's like, no. You just don't know how to handle it. You're not stewarding your body well. Let's read in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 in a Passion Translation for those on the podcast and on Facebook Live. Who would like to read this verse? Anyone, por favor. We're going to have Rafi do it. Isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win, but only one receives the victor's prize? Mm. Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers, but we, but we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. Mm. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. Um, 
a laurel wreath. You guys, ever, have you guys ever seen uh, races, horse races? That big thing they put over their necks when the horse wins a race, and they are like, so they're like, yay, you know, like weird insert weird horse name here, and the jockey, and they won the race, right? That's what that is. However, if you can go back to verse 25, please, Nicole. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win. In this case, he's talking about something that's just temporary. Athletes are usually a well-disciplined disciplined athlete. It's amazing what they can do. But we run a race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. So think about that. If somebody is training so hard just to win a championship, today for all my, I mean, yesterday for all my Real Madrid fans, you know, they're working hard for the Champions League and they beat uh, Arsenal. And there was a, I mean, Liverpool, I'm sorry. And they had a good game and they won. That's fantastic. And those guys train hard for that. But you're training for a spiritual race. And what they do in the weight room, you do in the private room. So if you're not lifting those spiritual weights, if you're not looking at fasting as a vital weapon to utilize, do you really think you're going to last? You think it's going to really be a, a, a viable option? Well, can I go to church? So I mean, it's got to pay for something, right? And what's great, that notion's so crazy because when you work for a company or anything and you're trying to get promoted, you work your tail off and you do everything necessary. But then for some reason, we can't translate that into the kingdom. Bare minimum spiritual, but full throttle plus more and plus, plus, plus more for my job. I, we're talking to Rafi and Brian and Carlos on um, <clears throat> our Bible study on Monday. And it's crazy that like when sin, the sin, when Jesus came, he destroyed the power of sin inside of us. Everything that sin had us hindered and stopped with, Jesus comes and wins and breaks that free. But it's even, we got into like a whole side conversation about why are we listening to the people of the world that we now know are under the power and control of sin to tell us and dictate how we do things spiritually? Your boss is supposed to look at you funny when you say you want off Sundays. That, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't catch you off guard. Your, your co-workers will mock you. Gerardo was talking about that when he walked into his office and some girl put this whole thing about, look, Gerardo's worshiping God. And he's like, and I'm going to keep doing it. That's what you're called to do. People who are under the power of sin, they bother you. If they're still bothering you, chances are you're still in that same power with them. Because the ones who are alive is like, well, my man, I love you, bro. And I know I'm here for you, not vice versa. So you got to fast sometimes and say, God, help me get out of that because I get irritated very quickly. That the next verse said what, Nicole, in 26? It said, for that reason, I don't just run and exercise and box like one throwing aimless punches. If you're fasting with no true intention, why are you fasting? Ask yourself today, why am I fasting? Why am I sitting here in this Wednesday class listening to Kenny speak for the umpteenth time about something that I'm not quite frankly interested in? Why do you put yourself through this? But I train like a champion athlete. Not just an athlete, guys. A champion, someone who experiences championship status. If you are an athlete, you've heard that the regular season is not like the postseason. Postseason, the nerves get going Everything just starts getting really intense, and mistakes and margins for error shrink every single day. 
Champions play a whole different game. Champions understand that I can't entertain that text message late at night. Champions understand that I cannot give the devil a foothold in any single way. And you're all in that process to become those champions. You're not quite there yet, but God is using every single day to get you there. You know what's a good way to make sure that you know that? Fasting. Sometimes you got to remind yourself who you are and where you're going by silencing everything else that's trying to convince you against your destiny. I subdue my body and get it under my control. What do you think fasting, if it had a definition in the Bible, would say? That. I'm regaining control of my flesh. Because you know what, guys? We have grace. Sometimes the, the flesh wins. Sometimes it, gets just, it won that battle. But get it back. Oh, you want to play the hardball? Guess what, flesh? You're not getting sugar for a week, son. You're not going to get meat. You're not going to get nothing. And it'll, it'll fight. But guys, your body, come on now. Your body adapts. It adjusts. It'll happen. All if you truly believe and you truly believe in that submission. The next myth we'll get into. <clears throat> it's hard to find time in my schedule to fast, in all honesty. I'm super busy, and when I do fast, I'm really not committed. Don't worry about it. If this really has hit home, a lot of people feel this way. What is the truth behind this? Fasting requires you to make time. It doesn't happen organically. You're not going to be walking around and be like, okay, so today I got laundry. Okay, I washed the dishes. Oh, I got to fast today. Okay. That's something you got to say, I'm fasting. This is my decision. Oh, but Ken, you got to see my schedule. You got to see how I do things. Fantastic. Your schedule is packed. I understand that. You got to look at your schedule as your enemy and say, no, you're not taking time from me. I'm taking back time. What happens to us with fasting is we wait for the opportunity to open, but God is saying you have to create the opportunity. That's one area where God will say to you, create it. Don't wait for anybody. And I'll promise you this. If you're about to lose your job, lose a member of your family, you're about to lose something precious to you, I don't think you'd wait one second to fast. But you're fasting based off crisis. God wants you to look at a situation and say, no, I'm, I'm going to fast. And guys, listen, if that's convicting you tonight, if something's impacting you of this word, God is telling you, hey, you got to make time to fast. I don't want you suffering. I don't want you diving into your flesh every day. I want you to say, you know what, God, I got to fast. And I admit that. It's, li it's a literal interruption of your day and even your lifestyle. If your life, if you're a lifestyle, like, you know, person who fasts on a lifestyle basis, Okay, that's pretty cool. But I'm talking about if you do have a problem with time and everything, it's supposed to feel like it's invading your schedule. Fasting is not something that, oh, yeah, it came in perfectly. landed right there. No, you got to sit there and say, you know what? It feels like an invasion, but this is something my spirit needs, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Fasting, it's, it has to be, it has to feel that way. Mark 9, 23 to 29 says... I'll read this real quick, actually, May. So Jesus said to him, what do you mean if, if you are able to believe all things are possible to the believer? When he heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears saying, I do believe, Lord, help my little faith. 
Now when Jesus saw the little the crowd was quickly growing larger, he commanded the demon, saying, Deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The demon shrieked and threw the boy into a terrible seizures and finally came out of him. As the boy lay there looking like a corpse, everyone thought he was dead. But Jesus stooped down, gently took his hand, and raised him up on his feet and stood there completely set free. Afterwards, when Jesus arrived to the house, his disciples asked him the question that everybody had on the tip of their tongues. Why couldn't we cast this demon out, Lord? He answered them, this type of powerful spirit can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. This has to impact the reader in such a way. What Jesus is saying right here is the, there, like I said before, there are scenarios that can only be answered through fasting. And sometimes maybe you haven't got an answer or anything you're looking for because God's telling you, not that I don't want to answer you. When was the last time you fasted from all your distractions? Because sometimes God's going to say the answer to that question you're looking for is when you stopped hearing all that noise and now you just hear yourself clearly with me. I've been, my, some of my fasts answered my question without hearing nothing from God. Example, I'm like, Lord, I need your help here. I have this person ask me a question. I have this scenario that's been presented to me. I have this opportunity coming down the way. How do I do this? And I looked and I asked for my father. I asked for everybody. And I just silenced my life. I just, I just put everything on hold. I enter the fast. And after about like a day and a half, I didn't hear anything from God. But simply quieting all the chaos gave me the answer. Fasts do that. Fasts are so powerful. And you're seeing here by our Lord Jesus telling his disciples, y'all didn't do anything wrong. But some things are just done in this way. I need you to understand that today. That's the beauty about this whole passage right here. So we need to fully grasp that this is something that's vital in our lives. Next myth, I believe is the second to last one. Or Another myth is fasting is easy. I do it a lot, actually. I feel like fasting is something that I'm good at. This is a crazy one here. Because a lot of people are like, mm, okay, okay, Ken, I think you're crossing the boundary now because I love to fast. You love to fast? What's the truth behind this? If fasting was ever easy, then there's something wrong. Fasting, in its most simple definition is a complete surrender and a total denial of oneself. When, oh when, listener, do you ever want to do that every single day voluntarily without any hindrance? It's not meant to feel good or be easy. Do you know what that is? I, I, I don't want you to get this twisted with you're not, it's, it's one thing to be openly passionate and willing to fast. That, I've met people who like to fast, but they all tell me it's one of the hardest things to truly do. Why, guys? Because a fast, when truly done, it is denying yourself of everything, of anger, of arrogance, of, of pride, of, of self-importance, all those things. You're denying yourself of that. Everything, cross the board. You like doing that? Well, I love it. It's the best thing ever. No, it's not. Don't tell me that. If you really love doing that, we would see a whole different fruit out of you. 
if you really genuinely, honestly were overly passionate about accomplishing that goal, man, the things you could do, you would be able to do things that, woof, a lot of us would want to emulate. But I don't want you guys getting in this thought process that if fasting is easy for you, then because chances are if you are fasting and it's easy for you, I don't think you're doing it right. When I fast, man, it's, one of the, it's again, one of the hardest things that I have to do. And we'll get into why a little later on. But I want to do read Matthew 16, 24. Who can read that for me? For those listening, Matthew 16. Um, go back real quick, Nicole. 24 through 26 in the Passion Translation. Go ahead, Kobe. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you continually surrender to my ways. Hmm. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. Hmm. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. Hmm. Okay, I know I said 26, but I want to stop there. Go back to that uh, 24. If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. You must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. I'm not sure who's jumping for joy here when they read that verse. And like, I love doing that every single day because if you're really fasting, that's what you're doing every single day or every single time you fast. Now, one can accomplish this when they fast. But I want to make sure that you know what you're saying when you're fasting. It's not a simple observation. It's literally a denial. The next slide, please. No, sorry, you can, you can go past that. Don't worry about it. You can go to the next. Uh... Other things or other things to be aware of. Fasting isn't just one event. It's not a holiday. So if you're like, can I fast it back in April? Or I mean, back in, uh, in February. Okay. <laughs> when do you plan next to fast? Oh, uh, next, uh, next Christmas. Okay. I should let people know that we are fasting. Well, I am fasting so that they don't tempt me, bother me, or distract us. Well, I'm sorry. I said we. So we should let people know that we are fasting so they don't tempt, bother, or distract us. No, on the contrary, the Bible says, put oil on your face. Don't tell anybody because your father in heaven knows what you're doing. So don't sit there and be like, excuse me, uh, Nicolas, don't talk to me. I'm fasting. Okay, Rafi, uh, I don't want to talk to you. I'm fasting. Shermaine, do me a favor. Could you not talk to me because I'm fasting? God does not want you to do that. You have to know that part of fasting is looking at those struggles that you're fighting and saying, God, help me in this situation. I need help. And now I'm not telling you not to tell your leader or your, or your brothers, listen, guys, I'm entering a fast. It's fine. But you are not to celebrate that you're fasting. You're defeating the purpose of it. God wants you to say you're fasting. I know in heaven, you know here, that's everyone that needs to know. When you do that, now you're not being like, listen, guys, just treat me differently because I'm fasting. No, I'm here to operate. Why? Because God wants to show you what you're capable of when it's not only you. How could you possibly see an, the maximized, optimized version of you spiritually if all you do is in your flesh? 
So God will say, you are fasting. Now watch me do something through you that you couldn't do in your flesh because you needed coffee, you needed full energy, you needed so many things. Sometimes he puts you in that situation to say, I know you can't, but watch me do it through you now. And sometimes fasting gives God the green light to make the impossible possible through your impossible situation. The next slide, which I believe is the last so we're going to close this all out with the most important passage about fasting, which is found in the book of Isaiah 58. <clears throat> Isaiah 58, if you have your Bibles, if you have whatever it is, we're going to read it together. I am going to read it in the message version for all those uh, watching on Facebook and watching and, uh, and listening on the podcast. I want you guys to really hear this out because this is not anybody else but God himself talking about fasting. And addressing it to his very own people, the people of Israel. So, follow along here. I'm going to start off here in the message version 1 through 3. And it says in Isaiah 58, shout, a full-throated a full throated shout. Hold nothing back, a trumpet blast shout. We've got a rhythmic, we've got a rhyming over here, we're going to rap. Tell my people what's wrong with their lives. Face my family, Jacob, with their sins. They're busy, busy, busy at worship and love studying all about me. To all appearances, they're a nation of right-living people. Interesting. Law-abiding, God-honoring. They ask me, what's the right thing to do? And love having me on their side. But they also complain. Why do we fast and you don't look, at our, look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? Before we get into the next verse, I need you to understand that if you are not getting responses and change in fruit and fasting, this is God speaking to you right now saying this is why you're not seeing it. Next slide, please. Well, here's why, says the Lord. The bottom line on your fast days is profit. Oof. You drive your employees much too hard. You fast, but at the same time, you bicker and fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. The kind of fasting you do won't get your prayers even off the ground. You know what's crazy when you're wailing and weeping and fasting and God's looking at you saying, you're doing this wrong. But you don't have relationships, so you can't even ask him if I'm doing this right. But you think because it's a religious duty that you're doing something right. Hence why God hates religion. You're religious, Ken. Well, I'm not religious, but I'm also with God who hates religion. So I, I feel you, dog. I'm with you, and I hate religion also. Next slide. Do you think this is the kind of fast day I'm after? A day to show off your humility? To put on a pious long face and parade around solemnly in black? Everybody witness me, witness me. Acknowledge me. <laughs> Acknowledge me. I'm fasting today. Do you call that fasting a fast day that I, God, would like? Now, mind you, why is God speaking this way? Because this is in reference to what people would like, appearances, how it looks, how it sounds. Your lives... Wait, you just skipped the verse now. What's... This is the next verse after what I read? Sorry, guys, we're having some uh, difficulties. 
So this is the next verse, correct? Okay. This is the kind of fast day I'm after. So now he makes it clear. To break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debts. Keep going. What I'm interested in seeing you do, do is it, what I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on a shivering ill clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. <clears throat> your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. God, what the world has God twisted as is he is a genie that answers at your every single call. If I call you, if I call 1-800-BIBLE, you must answer. If I say you must come down and hear my prayers, you must respond. God is telling you all today, including the religious folk that swear upon they know God, if you do it my way, I'll answer you. And I have a way. Yes, I am not religious. There is one way, one truth, and one life to me, which is my son Jesus. But today I want you to know, if you don't follow these patterns and you keep doing what you're going to do, your prayer will stay on the ground. Your seed won't even go penetrate the soil. The title of the next part of the passage, A Full Life in the Emptiest of Places. Insert stomach here. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims quit gossiping about other people's sins when i see yours if you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out your lives will begin to glow in darkness father how can i serve you i've given you the map i've given you the blueprint but i want to serve you in a way where i can sit in a mansion in the middle of hawaii that's not the way i do things that's the way you want to serve when i put your service on you i'm asking you to do things a certain way this is not what you want it's not burger king you don't get it your way i give you the way to do so your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight what I will always show you where to go. Come on now. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate. Make the community livable again. Just go back to that verse again, Nicole. You'll be the answer to everything that you come across. Not because you did anything, but because you're choosing for God, the Holy Spirit, to lead you. Isn't that amazing? You know what's so cool? God, before you felt nerves and anxiety about why you're doing something you're not capable of, God already knew you were incapable. So he didn't pick you because you had boldness and courage. 
He already chose you because he, he, I said he chose you. Just go. Telling you I'm going to use you. Don't worry about it. I got you. You just go. You'll see me do it. Yeah, but God, like, I'm, I'm only in, you know, part three of Kenny's uh, you know, Bible study series. I don't care where you're at. I'm telling you to go. Because when you continue to grow in with God, it's he who is that potter that chooses what to do with you, the clay. And the moment you just let him just work, something I love when Laura and I went to go work with Colby with her pottery, when Laura and I were just like, like, funny, Colby uses term, it has to be, you have to be very firm but soft. And I'm just like, what does that mean? So I was like trying to be like an athlete. I'm just like, you know, like, and Colby's like, like this, Ken, like, and I'm just like, well, that looks easy. But that situation, that's how we do it with God. God is going to be firm with us, but gentle. He knows what he's doing. He knows he's not going to make a mistake. We have mistakes, blemishes, but he comes and fixes that. Make the community livable again. I heard a person once tell me I hate my job. All I do is complain and angry there. Make your community livable again. Yeah, but just little old me. You have a big old God. Yes or no? Don't you think you're in a job that's crazy on purpose? Or did God make a mistake in that application when he made the interview say yes? He put you there strategically to be a light in the midst of darkness. Now, if you want to put your lamp under the lampstand, that's up to you. But he puts you as a city on a hill. Next slide. If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day for your personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, if you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, then you'll be free to enjoy God. Guys, listen up, everyone reading this verse. Do you know a lot of you, because you think you're enjoying what you're doing, you are not enjoying God. You're so, listen, there are, there are times where you're so deep in the pornography you're watching, the video game you're playing, the people you're talking to, the drunkenness, the lewdness, the being high, and you think that's what you want. But he's telling you right here, go back to that slide, please, Nicole. It says right here, If you honor it by refusing these things, all these things, you can go back to that slide again, I'm sorry. If you honor it, then you'll be free to enjoy him. You guys know you have all of this. That's why you can't hug him. You can just hug me. I want to hug you, so let go. What's stopping you? The demand of the world is stopping you. The demand of sinful people who are filled with sin and want sin to be living king are stopping you from putting Jesus Christ as king. How funny does that sound? Sounds ridiculous. But I have to honor them. God says, oh, God's God, what? If Jesus looked in the face of his mother and his brothers and said, I only do the will of those who do the will of God, what makes you think we are exempt from that? Oh, but Jesus had no sin. No, that's very true. But he's called you to that. Can you differentiate those two? Can you distinguish them? Oh, I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. I'll make you the 
I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. Yes, God says so. So my answer to wrap up this class, well, my question to wrap up this class is, how significant is fasting now in your life? If this changed your perspective, if this is making you want to fast, I'm happy about that. However, I don't want you to fast today and then forget about it tomorrow. I want you to understand that there will be moments in your life where regardless if you're seeking for an answer or your situation has hit a all-time crisis mode, I want you to fast regardless. Why? If you fall into religious fasting, you will fast based on circumstance. But I have a question for you. Do you want to see the will of God? Do you want to see heaven come to earth? Sometimes you're going to have to tell God, you know what? I want to see heaven come to earth. I don't need any other thing in this life. I don't need motivation. I just genuinely want to see your work come, to, come from heaven to earth. How many times do we talk to God that way? Not because we need something, but we want to see something. We want to see him work. Remember when my dad would come home from work, or we would go, we would go to his, his business in, in Jackson Heights. I remember dad sat in his chair, and like watching him, it was kind of like hitting me, like my dad's a CEO of this company, you know? And like usually that, that like kind of like, wow, man, like this is my dad, bro, like this is so great. And when he preaches here, it's the same kind of feeling. Could you imagine co-laboring with your, with your dad? God? The, the lame walk? The dead rise? The poor person has a home? If you are thinking that God took your application to serve him and threw it in the garbage, it's because you're applying for the wrong job. You think that the job that you're looking for is clergyman. It's apostle. It's Give me the mic so I can speak. God's job that he gives to everyone is let my spirit fill you and let me do what I need to do on this earth with you. Let's co-labor in that. Sometimes you got to fast to remind yourself that I'm just not a pawn. I'm not just not a robotic individual. I am a living being that wants to work with God because I want to see him come. Maybe what's frustrating you is that the person doesn't change next to you. Maybe what's frustrating you is you pray for somebody, nothing happened. That's neither here nor there. God's telling you, if you really want to see my heaven come to earth, my kingdom shine here, you are that outlet. You're the source. So believe in me. And if, that, if that's a struggle, then go fast. Fast until your flesh dies, because that truth will never, ever change. No matter what you feel, what you don't feel, that truth, it cannot be unwritten or rewritten. It's in there and it's set in stone in the word of God. Fasting is extremely vital in your lives. Fasting can break the chains that you still could not shatter. Fasting in the eyes of God, he wants you to work. He wants you to say, man, today I'm going to put everything aside and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go break that. I'm going to go help someone today. I, I, I mean, you know what? I'm going to put food inside. I'm going to put TV inside, and I'm going to run after this. For those watching on Facebook, we thank you so much for joining us in this teaching. Um, I really do hope that this is going to be something that lasts not just a moment or is temporary, but something that really just kind of hit home and hit your heart. And just let it grow from there. 
I'm just a simple messenger, but the Holy Spirit can take this and reveal it deeper. So ask him for deeper revelation, for insight, for everything you need. And we look forward to joining you joining us next week when we get into Bible study while fasting. We love you guys. God bless you. For those watching and hearing on the podcast, uh, tune into next week. And again, our part three of our series. And for Hope Ministries, we're signing out. Love you guys and see you next week.